All right, what's up, guys? Uh, week eight has come and gone. I'm joined by Alec and Trent once again. Gonna get right into it. What's up, guys? What's going on? Right, Howdy, uh, doodly. <laughs> crazy week of uh, college football again. Uh, let's start with uh, the really surprising game of the week. Uh, I think we all call it that. It was gonna be a little bit closer than we thought, but uh, Clemson really struggled in this one. I mean, they got the win uh 27 to 16 but uh the biggest story of this game for people that didn't watch was uh Kate Klubnick finally came in uh Barrett it was only a couple passes for 19 yards uh DJ really struggled with uh no touchdowns and two picks uh Will Shipley did his thing again 27 carries for 172 yards and touchdown two touchdowns so they were really didn't really trust any quarterback this game they just wrote it with Will Shipley but let's start with you Trent what do you think about this game man um I you know, it, I didn't think it'd be this close. I knew that Syracuse – I actually picked Syracuse. Um, but um, uh, this was the first time we've seen them really, like, really, really tested late in the game. Um, and it took a benching of DJ for them to get it done. And, I mean, Klubnik obviously didn't do anything. You know, he only completed two passes. But sort of like over-under in an NBA box score, you know, the offense was just much better when he was in the game. They were finally – able to put up points and i think the nation is now on notice of how good will shipley is uh that guy's a beast he's been great all year um and their run game was potent uh the entire run game was potent the entire game um but this i I, you know i've been saying the same thing about texas with Bijan robinson like the big time players are the ones that win your games right now clemson has will shipley and he's arguably a top five you know, at worst top 10 running back in the country. So uh, it's still a super talented football team. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they're just more talented than Syracuse. Um, and, and again, this is a game that Syracuse could have won. I mean, they were up uh, two scores at one point, I think, in the in the third quarter. So, um, you know, the talent of Clemson just just was too much at the end. And then once Klubnik came in, you know, obviously he wasn't doing much in the air, but the offense really – you know, found its legs once he was in the game. Uh, maybe it, it just gave him that that juice that it needed, you know, with the new quarterback coming in. But, um, you know, going forward, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm not sure who's going to be the starter next week, but they're going to need to figure out their passing game because, you know, like I've been saying before, if you, you can't figure out that passing game, you're not going to really go very far in the postseason. Yeah, that's a good point about uh, who's going to start next week. But, uh, Alec, I'll let you get into it, man. What do you think? I think word on the street is that um... – it's going to be DJ. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, bec- uh, you know, I was going to give a lot of props to Dabo. They, they've done a lot of great things this year. I know they haven't been dominant, but um, the fact that they haven't lost and, um, you know, he's lost a lot of his coordinators and stuff, and he's been able to keep that team together. And, you know, in these – heated games that he's found himself in a handful of times this season, they always seem to prevail. And I think that comes down to his experience of being in these games before, you know, he's gone all the way multiple times. So he's really a a gem in the coaching world. Um, I mean, that's already been known, but you know, he's doing some really special things as far as pulling DJ. um, I think that call essentially wins them the game. Yep. And Clay uh, Klubnik going in, you know, the stats may not show it, but I think it's exactly what they needed. And it was at the right time. I'm pretty sure he pulled DJ in the first half. 
So what what they were worried about, I think, was that they were down, I think, 21 to 7. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stop Cuse, and they're at home. And you need something to give your team inspiration and obviously to get the fans back in it. And it, it just feels like when I, I watched the game, it just felt like he he pulled the trigger at the perfect time. And the defense kind of kicked in and slowed them down. They didn't score after that point. Uh, Syracuse didn't. And then Klubnik came in and actually made some great plays, drove them down the field. I think they got a field goal before the half, which was huge. Um, and then, you know, like like Trent was saying, you know, they really were able to rely on Shipley to kind of get them back. But they just did what they needed to do to win the game. And um, can't say that I'm very surprised. You know, a lot of props to Syracuse, though, because people were kind of laughing that they were undefeated, and now they're going against Clemson. And, you know, no shot they're going to give them a run. But they came out popping early. Uh, Schrader is, is phenomenal for them. Um, you know, he's a leader and a, and a great manager, good quarterback to kind of lead your team into a death valley uh, to compete. So. You know, I think both sides should come out feeling good. Um, and Clemson looks like it's going to be smooth sailing now for them. But, yeah, I wonder if they're going to be able to compete come playoff time um, just because they've been struggling a lot. And it reminds me of the uh, 2014 FSU team where we kind of squeezed out every mm-hmm. game and we went to the playoff and we just weren't – we shouldn't have been there, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I know Clemson has championship aspirations, so don't you think that uh, now it's, what, a little bit later in the season, we're halfway through. Um, I think they got to stick with DJ at this point, right? I know in the beginning of the year I was vouching for Kate Klubnik, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if they really want to win it all, I guess right now in this moment DJ gives them the chance because relying on a freshman this late in the season to take you all the way is kind of skeptical, don't you think? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think hey, we've seen it with Tua, but, uh, yeah, I mean – uh so it's it's kind of similar to the decision that mario made and i don't want to compare mario to anybody right now because um is absolutely the bottom of the barrel but when van dyke got pulled during mid-tennessee state you know he just he it wasn't working that game something was up they put in jake and the office looked a little better but van dyke started the next the next game um mm-hmm. i kind of see the same thing with clemson just because if you start club nick like you're making a definitive decision. He's your quarterback to the rest of the season. You're not going to start DJ anymore. Um, and DJ, honestly, up until this point, had been pretty good yeah. until until, Clem, until Syracuse. So uh, I would be surprised to see Klebnik come in unless, again, DJ struggles, you know, has, has multiple struggles, you know, you know, ongoing. But uh, I, I'd be surprised to see Klebnik starting. Yeah, well said. Uh, we'll leave it at that, but it's definitely uh, something to keep your eye on for sure. Um, let's get to, uh, one of the crazy, another crazy game of the week. Uh, I believe that uh, I mentioned that, uh, you should keep an eye on this game. I didn't think they were going to win this game, but, uh, quite frankly, they blew out Ole Miss at home, LSU. Um, Alec, what'd you think about this, man? Uh, what a crazy game. I said earlier that, uh, Jackson Dart wasn't on his best. He's been slipping the last couple of weeks and, uh, showed this game. He had one pick, 284 yards, no touchdown passes, um and LSU uh Jaden Daniels played solid and 250 yards two touchdown passes the running game was really going for them so what do you think about all that got to give credit where it's due to Brian Kelly considering you know how they started the season off everyone was really writing them off and you know 
they were really coming down on Brian Kelly hard. The fans in Baton Rouge, the national media, everyone. And, um, you know, they've been able to turn their season around. What I saw in this game was overwhelming um, offense and then phenomenal second half adjustments by Brian Kelly and crew. Um, you know, I got to see it twice this year um, against FSU. We got ahead big early and they kind of crept back in and almost, you know, almost won the game. And then, um, you know, against Florida, they made a big adjustment where they were able to extend their lead heavily in the second half and they did it uh similarly against Ole Miss this week so I think they're a really well coached team and surprisingly you know comparing them to a lot of other first year head coaches and programs that are in that situation surprisingly these players you know because they're winning nobody's really acting out everyone seems to be buying in and, and when you're winning everything's fine so uh, LSU fans should be really happy. And then as far as Ole Miss goes, I think this is a huge letdown. Uh, they should have won this game, even though it was away. And um, they just didn't show up to the game, especially in the second half. Uh, they had a chance to go against Bama and maybe make a run this year. And I think those chances are out of uh, the door now. So um, yeah. slip up. I, I, I classify it as a slip up loss, not to diminish the LSU's team, but I don't think they should have lost this game. Um, and I, I think that, you know, they're going to have to pull their expectation back for how the season's going to play out. Yeah. Um, well said, man. Look, uh, yeah, I believe this is the nail in the coffin for them. Uh, it's and theoretically a bad loss for them. Uh, and they lost by a lot too. So what do you think about that, Trent? Yeah, I think Alec hit the, hit the nail in the coffin with the adjustments. Uh, I mean, you saw Ole Miss come out in the first quarter, kind of, you know, they had their firm grasp on, on the game. And then after the second, going, going into halftime and throughout the second half, you know, they, they couldn't score. They went from a game that they were dominating into a game they couldn't score. Um, so, again, you got to give props to Brian Kelly. It's probably his first big win while he's been at LSU because that, that was a big win for them. I mean, they were, it was an undefeated Ole Miss team, top 10 Ole Miss team. Um, but you just don't – you know, you didn't expect a lane train offense to kind of get stumped like that. Um, and they were they were pretty lifeless in the second half. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, there's nothing you can really say except you know, you know, you got to get props to LSU. Um, they're able to really stump that that offense, and at the same time, they really, really had a potent offense. Um, probably Jane Daniels' best game of the year, I'd say, against the best opponent. Um, you know, he obviously had two touchdowns, two for the yards, but he also had 120 yards on the ground. Um, they just looked dominant in that second half. They they just had complete control of the game. The, the flip completely switched after the first quarter. Um, but, you know, going forward, I mean, that's, that's LSU's definitely going to have to ride some momentum. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge win. Um, but, you know, Ole Miss this season, you know, they're not going to make a SEC championship anymore. But, you know, you can't – I wouldn't rule them out into making a, a New Year's Six a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, they're still that's their only loss this season. There's still plenty of season left. Um, I, st I still think they're a good team. Yeah. But uh, end of the day here, Brian Kelly, just I'll coach Lane, Lane Train. Yeah, I mean, I think Lane Kivens has done a great job the last couple of years uh, in general, everywhere he's been. Uh, he definitely has a good team coming. I think Jackson Dart's, what, a sophomore now? So uh, I think he gets yeah, one more year. Yeah, he gets another year. And so they're going to be really good next year. But, yeah, it's a tough loss for them. Their championship aspirations are over. But, uh, yeah, they're still, like you said earlier, still probably going to be in a really good bowl game. So, uh, they had a good season. Um, 
Let's get to uh, another game uh, that I want to talk about. And quite frankly, all joking aside, it's pretty embarrassing how bad their season has been. Let's talk about the, the Texas A&M Aggies. They lost to a South Carolina team with uh, Spencer Rattler. Um, but this is still a game they should have won. Uh, Alec, we'll start with you, man. What the hell has happened with Texas A&M? They're three and four. Who would ever thought that? Yeah, we're past the point of, okay, let's just damage control for the rest of the season. I mean, the spotlight's on them. Everyone knows that they're terrible. Um, and, you know, even though they're probably better than a decent amount of teams in college football, the lower half at least, you know, they're looked at as like the laughing stock of the sport right now. Um, considering the expectation and the amount of talent that they have. So, um, you know, the, the story is the same as every game has been this year. It's just failure for them to make anything happen in the offensive side of the game uh, towards the end of the game when they need it the most. Like, yeah. I think their lack of scoring in the fourth quarter is, is ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at the stats. I don't know if they pulled Haynes King or if you went down, but it looks like a couple quarterbacks got some throws in there. Um, you know, I'm not really interested in watching them. So that's why I didn't watch. This <laughs> um, but you know, we, we, we kind of talked about this briefly earlier, um, you know, that it's it's going to be a real blow up uh, after the season um, yeah. you know, with with talent, talent exodus, potential coaching exodus. And the question is, you know, is Jimbo uh, is, is Jimbo wanting to personally sit there and rebuild this team? And, and what really what motivation does he really have to? build this team back and, and bring it back to prominence. I mean, at this point, you know, he has no financial incentive. He'd probably make more money if he got fired. Not saying, <laughs> not saying that he's doing it. You're not saying he's trying to get fired, but it'd probably be a good decision at this point if you were to do that. And uh -huh. um, he's already won a national championship. He's already beaten Nick Saban. So like, I don't know what else he has to prove. So I don't know if this is going to end up, you know, working out, but he he's great coach so uh, i don't know we'll see yeah uh, i remember we talked about this early in the year of uh, uh we talked about it but i think we all agree that that buyout is just too fucking big for them to do anything so i think he's gonna be there for a couple more years but we can see but what do you think trent um so all year uh you know with hexan we've always said that their offense really just isn't it um haynes king you know it, it isn't the guy you know max johnson wasn't the answer either uh all year their offense really has been a problem the only consistent you know factor on their offense has been uh uh devon a chain a chain whatever his last name is he he's he's nasty he's a, he's a great player um he's basically the 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 battery of that offense he, he's all they got but you know in the games they've won this year texas a&m it, it's been their defense they have a pretty talented defense um and the games they won or have been close and it's because the defense was able to get stops um and in this game the first quarter, they kind of just got overwhelmed. And I mean, I don't want to disrespect South Carolina either because South Carolina is really not a bad team. Yeah. Uh, they're not great. I mean, they're five and two, but they're, they're not as, you know, they're not, that's no, that's no walk in the park. And it was, and it was in Columbia as well. So, I mean, they also but, have Spencer Rattler. This guy, was yeah. Like, and I mean, they're, they're not a bad team. You know, Texas AM is certainly the more talented team, but, um, but the defense usually is what, is what wins Texas AM games. And the first quarter was just too much. You know, they gave up the 17 points. Offense couldn't couldn't get a touchdown. They're down seventeen to three, and I mean defense after the first quarter was able to buckle down 
um, and get stops, but you know, it was, it was just not enough for this offense to, to come back. Um, you know, it's, it, I don't know if it's the, the talent or if it's Jimbo scheming or what, but you know, that this offense is, is bad, man. And, it, it really makes you think, I know we've talked about this before. It, may, it makes you think about 2013 FSU where it was, it was one of the best offenses we've ever seen, but you know, you got to think of was that Jimbo or was that the absolute talent? He had that team with, with Jameis and, and Benjamin and Freeman and, and Wilder and all these guys. So I don't know what's going on in, in uh, at Texas A&M, but I would expect a big, big blow up this off season. We just saw a couple guys, a couple freshmen, I think get suspended for smoking weed in the locker room. Uh, so that program's kind of out of control right now. Um, and I would expect a, a either a mass exodus or a big shakeup uh, this offseason. Yeah, um, a lot to work out in AM. Uh, this is a, a team that a lot of people potentially had in the playoffs, and now they're three and four, eight games in. Uh, pretty sad. All right, so let's get to the next game. Um, on a brighter note here, uh, that's the TCU Horn Frogs that keep winning, man. 38 28, not an easy opponent against Kansas State. Uh, I think we all like this team. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the year. Um, one of their best receivers uh, is on this team. I believe uh, it is – what was his name again, Trent? Yeah, Quinn Johnson. Quinn Johnson, yeah. He had four receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Not exactly the biggest game, but still contributed. But overall, uh, this team looks really good, man. I actually had a chance to watch this game for a bit. And, uh, yeah, the offense is really in sync. Uh, defense looks good. Kansas State is not an easy uh, opponent to beat, but they did it. So, uh, what do you think about that, Trent? Yeah, I mean, uh, ever since the Kansas game, I've been I've been preaching hard about TCU. Uh, you know, Quinn Johnson. You know, while it not be his the craziest game he's had this year, four for seventy four and a touchdown, still pretty damn good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He, he's a he's a monster, and I mean, I've been preaching about Max Duggan this whole time too. Uh, he 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 had two eighty and three touchdowns, no picks. Um. You know, the difference we saw in this game compared to what we see in some other games that the run game was 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 great. We saw Kendra Miller with 153 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, it's a pretty dynamic team. Uh, I really like TCU a lot. They, they're easily the front runner now to win the Big 12. Um, I, they, they, they basically have beaten every good Big 12 team they've come across. You know, they the remaining four are, are all unranked opponents in the Big 12. Um, I think we discussed last week that there is a Big 12 championship. So more than likely... They will see Oklahoma State again. Um, but if they beat Oklahoma State, you know, after watching Clemson that this whole year, I, I would I would pick TCU over Clemson in, in a top four in a playoff if they went out. Um, and if compared to if Clemson wins out, because TCU just has more impressive wins against better teams. Um, and quite frankly, they're just a way more exciting team to watch, um, you know, over Clemson, who right now his offense is they're trying to they're still trying to figure out, especially their passing game. So uh, I really like TCU. Kansas State's a good team too, uh, and they honestly they they did not play a bad game. Uh, they had a lead in the first half, but TCU was just able to pull away in the second half. Um, but uh, TCU is a damn good team, man, and I think that they that you get, you really got to keep an eye on them when it comes to the the college football playoff. Yeah, Alec, I know we talked about it last week. Uh, we still want to see a couple more wins from TCU, but there is, there really is an opening for them to get into the college football playoff. But what, you, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think uh, if they win out, they should be in. And if the, if it's between them and Clemson, I, you know, I'm inclined to agree with Trent. I think, you know, it's interesting because Clemson maybe has more talent, just like, you know, mm -hmm. rankings in, in the recruiting rankings that they've gotten. But, um you know, both teams have been winning, but TCU has been really electric. So 
I could see them being in there if they win out. It will be tough for them to win out. This conference, man, I mean, there's a, real, a lot of good teams. More, it's It stands out uh, among all the other conferences. And, you know, they, they got through the beef of their schedule. They still have to play Texas. They still have to play Baylor, which, you know, maybe they're not having their best seasons, but those will still be tough games. Um, a lot of things from this game, I think um, – it could have gone the other way because Adrian Martinez went down, I think, in the first couple – on the first drive or something crazy. Uh, really early, he was out of the game. And um, now having said that, Kansas State, you know, got ahead big early, and I thought it was going to be a blowout, um, which leads me to my next point. You know, the comeback and the adjustments made. And um, I know I mentioned this. We had been talking about this pre on a previous pod, but – you know, I think that this guy, Sonny Dykes, is probably in the running for coach of the year, um, considering yep. that it's his first year there. Yeah. And, um, you know, he had great success at SMU and to come over here and, and you know, pick it up automatically uh, and run through a really tough schedule. Uh, I think he's really deserving of it. But, yeah, they, they have it offensively um, and they have the quarterback. So, I think that they, um, if they were to end up in the playoff, they do at, uh, win out, then I think that's a solid team. Yeah, um, they look pretty legit, man. We'll see the rest couple ways. I, I'm not looking at their schedule right now, but I'm assuming they play one more ranked team along the way. Um, but with that said, let's get to the, the next game. Um, a game that I actually had UCLA winning, I believe Alec had it as well, and then Trent Stuck of Oregon. Um, but Oregon won 45 to 30 pretty convincingly. Um, time and time again, we've joked about Bo Nix in the beginning of the year, but uh, he's really been playing well the last couple of games. I mean, this game was probably his best game of his career, to be honest with you. Yep. 283 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. That's about as good as it's going to get. Uh, one of our Heisman candidates, DTR, played pretty well. 262 yards, two touchdowns and a pick, along with some rushing as well. But, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, Bo Nix's play was really the story of this game. So what do you think about that, Trent? Uh yeah, so Buck, uh, Bo, Bo Nix, you know, first half of the season wasn't super impressive, but you're, you're, you hit the nail on the coffin. Last couple of weeks, he's been playing great football, and I was going to say that this game was probably his best game of his career um, against a good team, uh, a pivotal game in their season. Uh, you know, obviously throwing five touchdowns, only six incompletions, no picks. Uh, Oregon looks like a really, really good team right now. Uh I mean, I know they have the one tough loss to UGA, but really they're playing like a top four team in the country right now. Um, it's a shame they had that loss because if they if they hadn't, you know, they're they're a, a write in right now for the for the CFP. Um, they're just clicking on all cylinders. And I told you when I went to the to the game, the, the Oregon Stanford game, Bucky Irving just looked faster than everybody on the field. You saw it again against UCLA. Uh, you know, 107 yards. Five and a half per carry. Just he's a beast. Um, they got weapons everywhere. They got weapons at receiver too. Uh, they just look really good, man. And at the same time, you know, DTR they kind of muffled him a little bit. Not his normal game. Um, threw a pick, two touchdowns, two hundred sixty yards. You know, not, nothing really outstanding. Wasn't really too much of a threat on the ground. So, you know, Oregon right now you got to be the favorite to win the big uh, the Pac twelve. Um, they look like they just look better than USC right now for sure. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they, if they went out, which honestly looks likely the way they've been playing. Um, they still got to go through Utah, but 
you know, if they went out, they win the Pac-12, could they skip over a undefeated TCU or Clemson team? When you could say they're arguably playing better than them, um, they just have the one loss, which, again, to, is to UGA, who may also be a CFP team. So it's going to be interesting to see down the line and down the season, you know, what happens with, with Oregon if they went out because they look like a damn good football team right now. Yeah, they really do. I mean, for the exception of that one loss in week one to Georgia, uh, which at the time was an amazing they've team. They've been great. They, they really have they've been, been They've been awesome. Dan Lanning should also be in the discussion for coach of the year. He's done I really, agree. Really, he's done really, really well with this team. But, uh, Alec, what do you think? Yeah, I'm just thinking more and more. I wish that this was the year that they started the expanded playoff, man. I mean, there's yeah, just, I agree. There's going to be too many teams that we want in there that aren't going to make the cut. Um think Oregon's very worthy of a spot because their one loss is to Georgia. Having said that, you know, it's, it's a 46 point loss. So I think that that hurts them uh, compared to other teams, maybe one loss, but on the other hand, it was the first game of the season when the first, you know, with a new coach. So um, who knows, but this offense, it's firing on all cylinders uh fucking excuse my language big game bo nicks i mean I, you gotta give the guy credit uh he's doing great things and i think if they do end up in the playoff this is a quarterback who i think could you know give you an exciting game because you know we all know how he kind of shines in these big games so um they totally dominated ucla uh my understanding was that this was ucla's first away game of the season they, all, their, all their games have been at home up until that point so um that's that something that funny. i didn't know before making the pick i don't know if i would have changed my pick based off of that but that's a huge factor going into a really uh raucous environment uh like Otson. so um they got a good offense too but this oregon defense i think is one of the best in the pac 12 uh if not the best and um you know, young guys running this team that are really shining. I think it's exciting for college football. Yeah, obviously, Lanning, I agree. He should be up there, too. Um, you know, Kenny Dillingham leaving FSU, uh, going there. They're doing great things. So this team, um, trying to set it right, they got to beat Utah. And if they could beat Utah, you know, you look at the difference between last year and this year, how they've been able to just, you know, kind of pick up because they had some success last year and they didn't close out as strong as they wanted to. Then they get a new coach and all the players, you know, just kind of pick up where they left off. So if anything improved, so uh, yeah. great, look, great, great time to be a fan for them. I, I And um, yeah, their schedule looks pretty forgiving, but Utah and then most likely USC they'll have to play. So we'll see. I mean, they got a pretty good shot to beat Utah, considering Mario's not there anymore. That was like their kryptonite yeah. for the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, we'll see, man. But uh, Oregon looks really good. You're right, though, Alec. Uh, there was ever a year to expand. I wish it was this year because there's more really good teams and there are spots, and it kind of sucks. But uh, at least we'll get it in the future. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, going to be interesting to watch. Um, with that said, let's get to the, the next game here. That was pretty interesting. Um that was a mullet. Uh, I believe this game was on the road for them going into Texas and uh, beating uh, Steve Sarkeesian. No, it was line. at, it was at uh, Oakie State. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm reading it now. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, look, Oklahoma State keeps winning, man. I know they have that one loss to TCU by three, but uh, this team looks really good. Their offense had a chance to catch this game as well. 
looks pretty damn good. I would say it's one of the best in the country. It's really, really good, man. But uh, Trent, what do you think about this? And uh, let's let's face it, man. Another really, uh, I, I don't even know the words, but I guess depressing season for Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, expectations were through the roof this year for them as far as uh, maybe losing two games all year, and now it's their five and three. Um, what, what, what's your thought? Well, on that? I think that I think that the the hype really got put on them after they all probably should have beat Alabama. Yeah. Uh, in week one, I think that's when the hype really sunk in. Um, and maybe that wasn't fair to them, but you know, Texas always has hype every year because they're Texas, and they always have boatloads of talent, and they are never able to put it together. Um, it's hard because Oklahoma State is a is probably the better football team. Uh, Oklahoma State is a damn good team. They only have one loss to a good TCU team, which a game they almost won. They could very easily be undefeated. Um, and honestly, a, a veteran Oklahoma State team. So you saw Sanders just outplay Ewers. Obviously, Sanders is the veteran. Ewers playing his first season. Um, you know, Ewers really did not have a good game. The three picks killed him. Um, could be the difference in the game. Whereas Sanders you know, still at 390 yards and a touch and two touchdowns. Um, and I just think you're seeing a more, probably a better coach and more disciplined and an older Oklahoma state team. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't think it's too fair to really judge Texas on this loss because it's not like they got blown out by a cupcake. They lost to a good team by, you know, by what score um, again, Bijan Robinson carrying this team uh, another 140 yard performance with a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he, he does it every week. He's, he might be a top ten pick. He's that good. Yeah, he has, He's got. He's got to be. He's unbelievable. But you know, it, it's it's. I wouldn't judge Texas off of this year, but in the you know next year and the years going forward, I think it's you know you're going to see how Ewers develops and how the rest of the roster develops with, with Sark. Um, but you know, at the same time, yeah, I mean, maybe it's fair to be a little disappointed because. You know, you've seen how they can play in big games against probably better teams that, you know, they have the talent, but I don't know. I, I still don't think Texas really is that good of a team just yet. So um, just a matter of having the right expectations. Yeah. Uh, quick thoughts, Alec. So a couple of things, Bijan, he's great, man. And uh, you know, he reminds me of like Saquon Barkley's kind of final season in college football where he yeah. really stood yeah. out beyond the rest of the competition uh, as the best back in the country. And, you know, he's the rock of that offense. Uh, I think he kept them in this game and, and Texas kind of blew the game in the end. They gave up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter and were unable to score a couple things that I uh, kind of look to with this outcome. First of all, you got, uh, comparing the two quarterbacks, Spencer Sanders is a seasoned vet. He's played in plenty of these games. Um, he's a senior, I'm pretty sure. You know, he's been around the block. Ewers, young quarterback, and he comes out and throws, you know, passes for 40% completion. That's that's not going to cut it in a game like this. Uh, I think he was a big crutch for them. And then uh, on top of that, another uh, experience point is that you know, Gundy has been in these games before. He's been around the block. He's been coaching for, man, probably 15, 20 years at this point at Okie yeah. State. And, um, you know, being at home, he knows what this, what, you know, what what they're able to do. Uh, and they made the right adjustments and, and won the game when they needed to. So I think experience won this game overall. Um, Texas, 
They're a good team. Yours is young. I think that they'll be around in the next couple of years. Uh, but this year, yeah, it's, I don't think it's their year. Yeah. Um, let's get to another team that's uh, been pretty disappointing. Look, I think uh, UM fans came in with realistic, realistic expectations. Look, we're not going to win it all this year. Maybe we'll lose two or three games, which will be a really good season in the first year of Crystal Ball. Well, right now, as we're looking at three and four, they lost 21 to 45 to Duke at home. Uh, this is this is this is starting to get pretty embarrassing. Um, I'll let Trent go first because I know he's really uh, prideful about UM, including myself. But uh, Trent, what's going on, man? What the hell's going on? Not a lot of words here. Um, you know, <laughs> we talked about Texas A&M and how how of a how much of a disappointing season they've had. But you know, this is just on par with, with them. Um, I know that Texas A&M obviously was, you know, it's in the you know fourth or fifth year of Jimbo or whatever, and they're supposed to be this great team by now, and they're losing games. But you know, I don't care if you're a first-year head coach; it's there's no excuse to losing to Mid Tennessee State and Duke and just these games where you should be blowing these teams out. It's embarrassing. Um, I don't know. I, there's no one reason as to why it's from the coaches to the players. It's, it's everything. Um, you know, that no one's on the same page. The offense is, is is bad. The defense is bad. I mean, and I know that's not exactly riveting analysis, but that's the God's honest truth. That's just how it goes. Um, the corners are busting assignments, you know, every other possession. There, There's no separation from receivers on offense. There's zero run game at all. These guys cannot run the ball against anybody they play. I think they average one and a half yards of carry against Mid-Tennessee State. Like, that's pathetic. And that's been ever since the Texas A&M game, that's how it's been every single game. They cannot run the ball. Only bright spot on this UM team has been the re- the receiver Colby Young, who's had 100 yards, 100 plus yards the last two games. You know, so he's after after him. It's it's been lights out. I mean, Van Dyke has looked a little better uh, before he got hurt. Uh, I mean, making making better throws and better decisions, but you know, it, again, not a lot of words. It's it's from top to bottom. Um, you know, it, UM was praised to bring in this great staff, spending all this money, but. You know, if, if it was such a great staff and whatever, this would not be the there's there's no excuse for this. There's, there's just none. Yeah. I mean, UM is the more talented team than Duke. They're the more talented team than Mid Tennessee State. Um, and they lose these games at, at home, mind you, at home. Which again, not a huge home home field advantage, but it's still at home. It's not on the road. <laughs> um, so I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know where UM goes from here. Um, I know that. Uh, we I know me and Alec were talking before the the show that. You know, we saw something similar with FSU in Mike's first year, how we just saw a complete revamping of the roster, a mass exodus um, for new guys that, you know, that are going to buy into the new system. And I, I think I would expect that uh, this offseason. I saw something from Manny Navarro of uh, The Athletic that said that, you know, there's a good chance that with with uh, graduates and transfers and what and whatever, that there may be 40 people leaving the program this offseason, uh, which honestly – it may be good because something's got to change for sure after this season. This 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 is pretty embarrassing. This is arguably the worst season they've had, maybe in my lifetime. Yeah, including, in my including lifetime. what the expectations I mean, were. I agree. Yeah, this is this is embarrassing. So I mean, I, I expected a floor of eight wins this season, and they're lucky if they even make a bowl game at this yeah. point. Trent, um, also also before you go, there another uh, note noteworthy thing was uh, Jake Garcia played this game. 
Had 198 yards and two touchdowns. I had three picks, but uh, Tyler Van Dyke. No, it, this was the worst game Jake's played. I know he had the two touchdowns, but you know he made some really, really bad decisions with those three picks. He, I mean, it was those three picks the reason why Duke was able to blow it open at the end of the game. Um, but I think Miami had eight turnovers this game. The running backs can't hold on to the ball. Special teams makes poor decisions. They also can't hold on to the ball. Um, it's just a complete collapse from from top to bottom all around. There's, there's no phase of the game that they play that they do well, um, yeah. which is really, really embarrassing considering, you know, the talent they have on the team compared to the teams they play and the teams they lose to. So uh, I would, I would expect a complete revamp going into next year. Uh, I know that Miami's class is, is pretty good as of now, pending any decommits. Um, but there's, I would expect just like Texas a and I would expect a big, big change next year. And a quick question for you, Trent, who starts next week? Jake or Tyler? Uh, well, it d- just depends if Tyler's healthy. Tyler, I, there's no way Tyler plays this week. Uh, I, I just don't think that he'll be healthy. I, I would expect Jake to be the yeah. the starter on Saturday. Um, Kane Sport, which is rivals, reported that Tyler will be out for this game and the previous the, the following game, which is FSU, and then they'll reevaluate him after that. But Mario is kind of downplaying that, saying that they're taking it week by week. I definitely wouldn't expect him to play this week. He, his injury looked terrible. Um, very, you know, similar to when D Wade hurt his shoulder in 2009 or 2008, where he, he, he couldn't hold it. He had to be walked off. Like it looked like that his shoulder looked immovable. So I would expect Jake to get the start this week. He's probably getting all the first team reps in practice. So it'll be inside, you know, exciting to see his, his, you know, his first start with getting first team reps, but not only that, it's, I mean, at this point in the season, you know, the season's over. Now is the time to evaluate your young players. Yeah, I was so just about to mention I, that. I, I think uh, Tyler is going to – it's no secret he's going to go to the NFL next year. I don't see any reason why you would want to go back out there. Uh, well, he, Tyler had a disappointing season this year. Did, so, yeah. you know, I, I if he would have had the season that most expects him to have, then, yes, I, everyone would have said he's going to the draft. But now, you know, that's probably a little uncertain. But, you know, going forward this season, I would like to see a lot of Jake Garcia and true freshman Ja'Curry Brown, who is the – third string quarterback at the time but he's they brought him in on third down packages big body you know he's probably six five uh 200 plus pounds has a has a, has a big arm super athletic um certainly would like to see him get some playing time as well because again at this point of the season you gotta you gotta think about the future you gotta start evaluating see who, who responds the best in games and you know I, I, that's the unfortunate that's unfortunately the way it is right now but that, that's that's what they have to do going forward yeah I like. I know uh, we talked a little bit before we started this earlier uh, about other recruits that could potentially be gone from UM. Um, this doesn't look pretty, man. What are your thoughts quickly on this? Well, uh, interestingly enough, I don't think any recruits have decommitted. Um, yeah. And in my opinion, um, you know, because I've seen this before, you can you can look at, if you're a Miami fan, you can look at this as a rock bottom, and and take it as a you know, like it's always darkest before dawn approach. You, you, at this point, you understand that definitely this isn't the year. Now, I wouldn't say that the year's over because you know, you not making a bowl game is is a is a hard hit. So you really want to try to see if you can finish out strong and make a bowl game. Um, that's really important. So uh, the season may not totally be over, but um, yeah, Florida State had a similar situation when Norvell came in. Uh, there was a lot of locker room issues. Uh, you know, players that were brought in by Jimbo that were under him that didn't like Taggart and now it's their third coach and they're just like, screw this. So uh, the mass exodus happened to us. I believe we lost about half of our team 
Um, and then we had to build up and start freshmen and get transfers as best as we could. And, you know, this is a process that takes time. So I'd urge Miami fans just to have patience and, um, uh, you know, things will get better, I believe. Now, you know, this loss specifically, it hurts because it's Duke and historically Duke's, you know, a basketball program, not a football program, but this is a better team. You know, Duke has a solid teams this year and Florida fans feel the same way when they lose to Kentucky, which they have been doing often uh, in the last five years. Like we should never lose to Kentucky. We beat them 20 years in a row. They're, you know, they're a basketball school. Well, no, like they have, you know, they've built themselves up and now they're a respectable program. So um, I picked Duke to win this game primarily because of um, Riley Leonard. I think he's solid and he basically was like their whole offense and, you know, he took care of business and the Miami defense has been shaky all year. So I figured he would shine um, the injury, the Van Dyke injury obviously doesn't help. So, um, you know, it, it's tough and, and, and I know it hurts to lose at home. Um, but, you know, it, you got to take your punches, take your licks. Uh, and from a recruiting standpoint, I don't know if it'll affect the recruiting as much. Maybe, you know, closing out on kids who are you're competing with other schools that had great seasons. Maybe you miss out on a couple of them, but yeah. people who bought it, people who bought into Mario, um, you know, are buying into him and probably have been in communication with them and understand like they're coming in to kind of rebuild this. So, you know, the, I'm sure that a lot of these kids aren't looking at the performance. Yeah. The one defense I have for Mario is he came in this year and here to his team. None of his guys are here yet. Uh, we really can't yeah, give him fully time. evaluate him till like next year, but uh, this is still pretty bad. I mean, yeah, one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Um, yeah. Any last words, Trent? Um, you know, I don't want to shit on them with every word I say, even though they deserve it, but there, there are some, I guess some highlights on this team. That's the defensive line. Um, I think Akeem Mesador has been graded as one of the top defensive ends in the country, which is again a transfer from West Virginia. Um, Daryl Jackson, who I who I talked about before the season, has been good. Tra another transfer from Maryland. Um, I think all the all the best players, which have been primarily on defense, you know, on this team have been transfers. Um, it's just disappointing to see some guys, and again, don't know if it's the players, don't know if it's the coaches, but five stars like James Williams, uh, Vontae Williams, Cameron Kitchens, who was a good four star. These guys just really aren't performing the way we thought they would. Um, but again, they're young. The defensive line is young and the defensive line has, has really been the only bright spot on this team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Alec is right. The, the whole point, you, you, you should still try to make a bowl game, but it's, at the same time, um, you got to know what you're working with. So I'm going to be interested to see with the quarterback situation next week and, and, and how uh, Mario, you know, if, if Jake gets all the time or he gives Shakari some reps, but I guess we will see. Yeah. Um, before we move on to next week's games, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Sam Hartman, man. This guy keeps falling. Had another 313 yards, five touchdowns and one pick against Boston College. Uh, real quickly, guys, uh, they're six and one. They really had a close loss to Clemson. Is there any way they have a chance to get in? Wait, say that again? Wake Forest. Uh, Sam Hartman played fantastic. They're six and one uh -huh. right now. They're ranked 10. But um, I would they be would they? I'm not really too uh, eligible or 
Um, but would they be able to play Clemson in the ACC championship? No, 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 they're no, in the no, same no, division. Clemson would have to lose twice for gotcha. Wake Forest. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, so basically that's not going to happen. All right. Yeah, I mean, I would love. I I think Wake Forest is really good. Uh, it, it would take obviously two losses from Clemson, but I mean, I wouldn't rule them out of a New Year's Six bowl if Clemson makes the playoff. Um, yeah, actually, no. What it, it would go to the loser of the ACC championship. Gotcha, with yeah. Alex. Or what is it? I don't know how that works. I don't know what how it the would. Works, it but. would go to the loser, but they they could still get in another one. I mean, like, they're they're a great team, similar to um, Ole Miss, where Ole Miss might make a New Year's Six ball if they went out, um, yeah. but like they won't have finished first or second in that. Gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wake, Wake arguably looks like a top ten team. I mean, they're ranked ten, but they look like a top ten team. They I have think, all season. I so. think Sam Hartman should be in the discussion for the Heisman. He's been playing freaking fantastic the last really uh, this season. Um, I don't think he's going to win it, but I think he should be in that room. But uh, he's been playing really well. Um, any uh, last words on the games that happened last week before we move on? Any, any uh, shout-outs you want to give or anything? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think, I think, all, I think right? most most teams outside of the ones we talked about took care of business. Yeah, uh, I got to do some homework on the divisions in college football. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to week nine of the games. Um, where do we start? There's a lot of good ones here. Uh, let's start with uh, an interesting game, something that catches my eye. Um, I think it's going to be another test. I think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be another test for them. Let's see uh, Tennessee at Kentucky, guys. Uh, Alec, we'll start with you first. I know Tennessee is riding at all-time high with their win. They have probably the Heisman winner Heisman winner as their quarterback in Tennessee, but uh, – Kentucky's still a team that you don't want to you know, mess around with. They have a top five quarterback projection wise in the NFL. So, and they have your guy Stoops. So what's your overall take on this game? You think it's going to be close? Yeah. I mean, looking at this game on the schedule earlier on in the season, I knew it was going to be a good one. Uh, Kentucky, if they were, this game is a home game for Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, I think that they got a shot, but it's a night game at uh, Rocky top. So that'll definitely be um, helpful for Tennessee. You know, I'm, I'm done kind of counting Tennessee out. I really believe that their offense is akin to like an LSU, Joe Burrow, Jamar uh-huh. Chase offense. And, um, you know, nobody was able to stop that offense. Um, you know, not even Alabama, even though their defense couldn't stop Alabama. And that's why it was such a close game. Um, you know, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for Mark Stoops as a defensive mind and overall head coach. I've spoken volumes about his game plan and how they execute it almost to perfection. It's really hard to beat this team, um, but you got to have some real talent and create some real challenges on the offensive end to, to beat a Kentucky. And I think Tennessee's capable of it. I think it'll be close though, man, because Kentucky, they have some great D backs. I know that Hennon Hooker, I think, threw his first pick of the year last week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe he'll start to, you know, slip up a little. I still think he's like a Heisman guy. You know, Vegas has Stroud as a, the front runner. I don't, I thought, I thought it would be Hooker at this point, but. Yeah. I think um, I, I think it's got to be Hooker. I'd take I'd Stroud. Stroud's, we haven't paid enough attention to Stroud, but Stroud's yeah, a sneaky, yeah. Sneaky elite. Stroud he gets his numbers, but you know Hooker has been the, the you know the cameras have been on them. They're like the story of the year, and that's usually who the Heisman yeah, goes. To. I agree. By so, the way, is um quick quick question is Hooker what what year is he? Is he a freshman sophomore? He's got to be a senior, right? He's got to be he's a senior. A yeah, he was a quarterback at Virginia Tech, and he transferred. Um, yeah. 
I think as a junior last year was his first year at Tennessee. And and he was a little shaky last year, and it's all coming together this year for yeah. a little. He's like he's twenty four years old, by the way. Oh yeah. shit! Okay, well then, yeah. never mind. All right. So, uh, anyway, uh, I like Tennessee to win. Um, what's the spread, by the way? Does anyone have twelve? It? Yeah, that would Tennessee twelve. I don't know yeah, about okay. I. I kind of would take the under on that, man. I, I would that. too, but I could see them winning by like ten. You know? Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, Kentucky, especially when they're dogs in big game, big games are sneaky. Their their soups is always sneaky. Um, I, I it's hard to to really write off Kentucky in these big games, especially you know how they've played this year, and they're also getting healthier. Um, I think they got some guys in the offensive line coming back. Uh, Will Levis is no longer injured; he looks good. Who, by the way, Will Levis is great too. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's been a great be a quarterback this year. Yeah, and uh, but Alec was right. Tennessee's offense is just too damn good. Um. You know, it's it's hard. It's always hard to put them on par with that Joe Burrow LSU team because that was probably one of the best off, probably the best offense we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I agree. But you know, they they've been they've they they they're, they've been like that this season. I mean, they, they took down Alabama in a shootout. I mean, they dropped fifty plus in Alabama. I don't think Saban's ever given up more than fifty points. Um, so I mean, Tennessee's offense is legit, legit. I, I don't I don't know if they can lose this game, but it's it's gonna be sneaky. I. I I would. I don't know if they're going to cover that twelve points, um, because Kentucky somehow always finds a way to make a play and get a stop in these big games. But um, I'm, I'm still going to go Tennessee here. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, thing I want to say, ahead. just to add on to what Trent was saying um, about the offenses, I agree because LSU's offense was really good. But I think that a, a level above that would be like a USC 04, you know, offense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't I, you think that 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 USC offense is better than Joe Burrow LSU? I, I do. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's, because, I think it's just really because close. the talent, because he has, that was Reggie's. I mean, obviously, Leonard was good. And they had Mike Williams. They had but good They receivers. were undefeated for like three seasons in a row. Like, yes. They, yes. But that one LSU season, you're talking about Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, Clyde's Edward Hilaire, Burrow having the most ridiculous season, better than any season Matt Leonard <laughs> had. Uh, I mean that it's just that's crazy, dude. They, Justin Jefferson so and Jamar points. Chase are arguably the two best receivers in the NFL. I yeah, mean, those guys are crazy. I mean, yeah. nice. I, don't get me wrong, like those, that USC dynasty was insane. Yeah, I was. mean, they were a really good team on both sides of the ball, but that one season from LSU was like nothing we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah and you got your O two Canes and your ninety nine Knolls, of course. Like they should be. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't say they were a better team. <laughs> no, I, I said no, you know, know. better <laughs> offense. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, I'm taking I'm, I'm rolling with you guys. I'm taking Tennessee, but I uh, I do think it's be closer to the 12 point spread they got there. I would not be surprised. If it's like a 10 ish game point game around there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, keep an eye on that one. Um, let's get to another uh, quote unquote game of the week: uh, Ohio State at Penn State. I know uh, Alex not the biggest fan of uh, of the guy down James there. Franklin. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they are they are ranked 13. I guess it is a guy a game you got to keep your eye on. Uh, this is, I guess, the second real test for C.J. Stroud. He's been, really been playing cupcakes the last couple of weeks. Um, but uh, that defense has been borderline awful for Penn State. I think it's a one-and-done for Manny Diaz, quite frankly. But um, <laughs> let's. Uh, the, the spread is minus 15 for Ohio State. Uh, Trent, do you think they get anywhere near that? Uh, you're saying, do you think Penn State gets anywhere near that? Yeah, anywhere near that. Uh, I think a 15-and-a-half is pretty fair. Um, you know, Penn State, 
you know, I think Vegas is a little higher on them than because they blew out Minnesota. Um, but just watching them against Michigan, I just don't see how they how they can win this game. Uh, and I would say it's a it's just a better team than Michigan too. Um, this is gonna be the best quarterback they play all year. Obviously, uh, Stroud is the Heisman front runner, arguably. Um, I you know. I don't know. I could see Ohio State winning this game by 20, but to say that Penn State could cover, maybe. It, it is It is at Penn State. You know, it is the, the you know, the big noon kickoff, whatever. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm certainly taking Ohio State here. I don't have any faith on Penn State winning this game, but in terms of the spread, to keep it within two scores, it's it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I, t- I agree with you 100%, but what about you, Alec? I think Trent said the most two important words there at the end, uh, and those words are noon game. (laughs) Um, You know, historically, since Franklin's been there, they've beaten Ohio State at home. They've they've had a real close one against Ohio State. Uh, You know, I think they had a better team back then than they do this year, quite frankly. Um, But noon game. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Ohio State covering that spread because just based off of uh, the the last team, the Penn State, that's closest to Ohio, that they play that's closest to Ohio State is Michigan, and they got blown out. And maybe that was an away game, but it, they got blown out. They, you know, there's nothing respectable there. Uh, and I kind of forecast a similar outcome here. You know, I, I, I can't with good conscience go and pick James Franklin and pull this upset. Um you know, I thought they had a solid win last week. I don't think that Minnesota, I think they've had a rough season this year, but I was expecting that to be a, a better performance from the uh, Golden Gophers, and they you know, got pretty handled by Penn State. So yeah. I just don't think they have it. Um, and again, you know, the rankings, it, it's ridiculous, but I think they looked at the schedule and they said, okay, we'll keep Penn State around you know, until they lose the house day and then we can just throw them out of the top 25. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100% of that. They, uh, they tend to, they, they've proven to do that in the past. Uh, you look at their rankings in the past, but that's a good comment, man. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm taking Ohio State. I think they're going to crush them personally. I don't care if it's on the road. Uh, I think Penn State is – defense is awful. All right, um, let's get to another one. Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Uh, this is actually a really good game. Um, I believe this is at, at Kansas State, right? I'm not looking at it right. Yes. Um, this is. is. Yeah, it looks like it. It is. Yep, at Kansas State. Um, it's uh, one and a half point favorites, Kansas look, State. Look, man, I, I really, like Alex said earlier, man, I really wish this, this was the year they expanded the playoff because Oklahoma State deserves to be in it. They went out. Uh, their offense is really damn good. Uh, but Kansas State, they're ranked 22. I mean, they lost to two really good ranked teams this year. Um, I do think this will be a close game, but I just, after everything I said about Oklahoma State, I'm taking them to win this game. Uh, you said you're picking Oklahoma State? Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, Kansas is a, is a point and a half favorites here. Yeah. Um, again, like I, like I said, I mean, they're a good team. They, you know, they, they played against TCU last week. Uh, but the Kansas State – they're a good team. They're, they're no sleeper in the, in the big 12. Um, but I think the way Oklahoma state's been playing, their only loss is a, is a slug fest and overtime to TCU. Um, Sanders, Spencer Sanders playing good football. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma state here. Yeah. How about you, Alec? I'm surprised at the line um, considering, and maybe they're holding out because they, uh, 
I, I think the word still has yet to come out on if uh, Adrian Martinez will play because he got injured last week. So that would be a huge factor in the game. Um, and they've done some great things. Kansas State has this year. You know, they had a big win over Oklahoma, which looked a lot more impressive because uh, that was the first loss that Oklahoma had taken at the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, this is just going to be another Big 12 shootout. I think that they Kansas State had a tough loss last week. They, they gave it their all, and TCU kind of just pulled away there at the end. Um, so to go up against a tough opponent, I don't know. I'm going to pick Okie State here. Um, regardless of if Martinez is playing or not, but it's so crazy because the guy is electric, you know, he could come in and, and yeah. they could go up by three touchdowns, like nothing. So, yeah, um, uh, I think it'll be close the line, you know, but I think it should be that close, but I think Okie state should be favored. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to pick them. All right. Um, Mark is down for upset picks right there. Yeah, sure. Um, Another game that, uh, quite frankly, if I was looking at the schedule earlier in the year, I would have picked this as to be one of the better games of the season. But uh, A&M against Ole Miss, uh, the unranked A&M, that is, at Ole Miss, uh, or it's actually in A&M. Um, this is a tough, tough pick, but uh, I'll let Alec get the first knob here. Oh, man. It is <laughs> tough. Uh, I just bashed both of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard for me to say. Um, dude, it, it's just I don't know. I don't have any any reason to be like, oh, this is the game for A and M, you know, just because they've been pretty yeah. bad. And I, I wouldn't. I'd be more. Uh, I think it. I'd believe it more that if somebody told me that they would just kind of lose out or just totally tank, than for them to have a bounce back win like this and maybe turn the season around. So I'm gonna pick Ole Miss. Um. But you never know. I mean, both teams are kind of, you know, obviously I think Ole Miss had a better season, but they're kind of, uh, you know, coming off a tough loss and it's a big response game. You got to play away in a tough environment, although I don't know how much they're filling up their stadiums down there. Um, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna pick Ole Miss um, to, to win. Yeah. Trent? Yeah, I'm also going to take Ole Miss here. I think that's more because I expect to see a much different more improved offense that showed up against LSU last week. Um, I know that I've been saying, you know, it's Texas A&M's defense is the one that keeps them in games. So that I think that's why maybe the spread is so close. Um, but if Ole Miss can just take a little lead, um, I, I don't see how Texas A&M can put up enough points to, to beat them. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take Ole Miss. All right. I'm actually going to swing the other way. Just like last week, I'll give the same reason for this time. Uh, it is the 12th man. They have an awesome, awesome home field advantage. Uh, Texas A&M was ranked to be, you know, be in the playoff for a reason. I still think they're a pretty good team. I just think they're underperforming. Uh, give me A&M over Mississippi. And also because I just don't think Jackson Dart is that good anymore. Um, he's really been taking a step back the last couple of weeks. Not to say that A&M's quarterback is better, but uh, I do think Jimbo Fisher will outcoach uh Lane Kiffin and I yeah, think, I don't uh, think that's a bad pick. Um, you know, no, I, I don't think so either. It could go either way, but I think if AM wins this game, they, they're gonna pro they're gonna have to have some defensive touchdowns or bring out something that we haven't seen offensively. Um, because uh, outside of this LSU game, you know, this offense has put up some points and 
you know, AM's defense has performed, you know, decently throughout the season. I don't, I don't think they've given up a lot of points, but, um, you know, so, so I'm right there in the middle. So I don't think that's a bad pick. Yeah. All right. Let's get to another game. Um, look, guys, I know this may sound crazy. I'm not taking them to win, but uh, whatever the spread is, I'm probably going to take uh, the under. But uh, I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling that. Uh, UF is going to go to Georgia and make this a pretty close game. I know that it's a neutral game. It's, in oh, it's a neutral yeah. game. Yeah, um, neutral. And that's it. I definitely think it's going to be a closer game. If Jacksonville. Um, I hate to say it, man. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not picking Georgia to lose, but I, if there was ever a game that they could choke at besides Missouri, I think this is one of the games. Uh, I still think roster wise, Florida has all the, has all the tools to beat Georgia. If they put it, to, you never know, man. Anything can put it together for one game. I do think this be a lot closer. I could see this being a touchdown game. I'm dead serious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I we'll see, man. I'm taking Georgia, but I think it'd be really close. Uh, we'll start you, Trent. Bull pick. Um, even though you picked Georgia, but um, I, I I don't know, man. Florida, I just I just don't think is there this year. They just don't, you know, they, they don't have it all. And jo- meanwhile, Georgia, you know, is Georgia? They're a juggernaut. Um, They've been they really with the exception of that one hiccup game, which was like who's at Missouri? Yeah, Missouri. Yeah. Which they which they still won. They, I mean, they've been pretty dominant all year. I mean, they're they got NFL draft picks up and down on that team. Yeah. Whereas Florida, I mean, their quarterback is still we still don't know what the hell he can do. So um, you know, it's it's fair to say that you know, it's still a rivalry game, it's a neutral game in Jacksonville, it's gonna be high, you know, high emotions. Um this is a big game for both teams, no matter their record. Um, so it's one thing to say that it, it could be closer than you think, but I, I, I'd be shocked if this was a touchdown game. If this was a one possession game when it, by the time it finishes, yeah, sure. uh, Georgia is just a way better team, better program right now, way better coach. Um, so I, I like Georgia here, uh, definitely by more than one possession, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, Florida could cover here because, you know, this is a big game. This is, you know, at this point in the time, like this is their season, like this is their Super Bowl. So, um, <laughs> You know, and it's true, but um, I like Georgia, you know, pretty big here. That's part of the reason why I'm uh, taking it to be a really close game. But uh, yep. how about you, Alec? Yeah, I mean, you ask any Florida fan, they'll tell you that their biggest rival is Georgia. I, I feel offended by that personally. But, <laughs> but then at the end of the day, like, I personally, like, have more beef with my – I mean, I'm from <laughs> Miami, but, like, I enjoy the Miami rivalry more. Like, it's the Florida-Florida Florida State rivalry hasn't really been a big deal in my lifetime. But that's a separate point. Um, so, I've watched Florida a lot this year. I've gotten to go to a couple games. Um, and – one thing I noticed is that, you know, the only way that, that they're going to get rolling offensively is if they can run the ball. And if they can't run, they literally can't do anything um, because it's a run-heavy offense. And then they kind of send guys downfield um, and, and, and hope to get some open space where AR can put the ball in the general vicinity and have a receiver make a play. He's not the, really the most accurate guy. He's not going to be making pinpoint passes around you know, these top tier NFL D backs that Georgia will have. Um, they've struggled, Florida has against great defenses throughout the year. And, um, you know, it just struggled to get the offense rolling. Um, and then on the defensive side, they, they've been pretty weak as well. So I can't really point to anything um, because in order for Florida to win this game, they're going to need a big defensive performance. And it's, it's, it's going to be a tough, um, 
tough feat to pull off. Um, and this rivalry also, you know, it, it's crazy. They have such a huge rivalry. For most of the 2000s, Florida beat Georgia. Georgia never beat them. And then now there was a flip, and now Florida hasn't beaten Georgia in how many years? So long time, yeah. Um, there's not there's, – there's, it's a big rivalry, but there really hasn't been a lot of competition, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just going with the number one team in the country here, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to pick Georgia. Yeah, to be fair, we all have Georgia winning this game, to make it clear here. Yeah, no, but I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, part of also the reason why I think it's going to be close is I'm telling you, man, I, I know AR hasn't had the best year, but this guy has an act of showing up in like the biggest games of the year when no one at least expects it. Last year, I believe he did it against Alabama, beat Utah earlier in the year. Um, I'm telling you, man, I think it's going to be a close game. We'll see. I could be dead wrong, just like my uh, pick against with Colorado UCLA a couple weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> well, we'll keep that it's private. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some of the, the next Florida school here. Uh, that's uh, Alex FSU going at Georgia Tech, a uh, cupcake game for me. Uh, it's a bounce back game. Um, like I like we talked about last week, probably the best four and three team in college football right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Florida State here. Alex? Yeah, um, coming off a of bye, so looking to see a lot of things. Obviously, um, you know, it was good to have some rest. We've been injured all season, so get some players rested. Um We'll see, you know, who we're going to have ready rolling on the offensive line. I know we had our best transfer receiver, uh, Winston Wright from West Virginia. Our best receiver that came in this transfer class, he got in a car accident in the spring and he's been out and he's been starting to practice. So I'm not sure if we'll see him in there. That'd be interesting. Um, But we're heavy favorites. You know, I don't like that because, um, you know, we've only had one big win this year, and that's Boston College, who's, you know, really not that solid of a team. (laughs) I know that Georgia Tech isn't that solid either. And and my understanding, I I heard something that Jeff Sims may be hurt and he's not he may not even play. So I think that's why we're having favorites. What I want to see as a fan is, um, you know, obviously a win and and hopefully a dominant win. we're hoping to finish the season out strong. We have a great opportunity to, because we've gotten through the bulk of our schedule. Um, obviously we have to play two rivals, Miami and Florida. And then we have to go, I think at Syracuse and play Syracuse. So yeah, well, real test, uh, you know, for the rest of the season and if we could kind of finish strong and, and, you know, make a bowl game, which we haven't done in a couple of years. And then, hopefully win a bowl game, you know, that positive momentum moving into next year. Uh, that's what I'm hoping to see. So we'll yeah. see. Trent? Yeah, I um, I like Florida State here pretty big. Um, you know, obviously Florida State just went through the gauntlet the last three weeks. You know, it's unfortunate they weren't able to come out with a win in those three games, which they, they could have came out with at least two, honestly. Um, it just didn't work out that way. Um still think Florida State is a pretty damn good team. Uh, I would expect a performance similar to what we saw in the first part of the season when they were playing the Louisvilles, the BCs of the world, um, you know, just dominating these teams. Uh, Georgia Tech's not good. I, You know, it's games in Tallahassee. Don't really care if it's a noon game. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Florida State's just a much better team here. Yeah. Um, you know, going forward in their season, it's a little tricky with Syracuse uh, and Florida, you know, maybe not as easy as as – maybe Florida state once thought because Syracuse obviously is, is now we found out a good team and Florida is always a tough game. Uh, I wouldn't worry about Miami too much, 
Um, but, you know, I, I expect a, a good, a solid performance here from Florida State kind of make up for those last three weeks to show, you know, I expect Mike to come out and show the world, you know, there's, there's still a good team. They can still put up points. They can still blow out the teams they're supposed to blow out. So I, I like Florida State here. Big. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of Miami, let's get to Miami here. Uh, <laughs> um, look, I'm going to make my pick. I'm done defending this team. It feels like every time I pick this team, the opposite happens. So maybe some good karma will come out of yeah, this. But uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking you. Virginia at home, man. I, I just don't have any reason to pick this yep. team right now, especially yep. with Van Dyke out. Uh, just yep. give, me, give me Virginia. Miami's two-point favorites here. Vegas has been smoking the crack pipe the last three weeks. <laughs> um, don't know if I'll be able to pick Miami again the rest of the season. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the, the Wahoos here. <laughs> uh, they're certainly going to cover. Uh, you know, th- these guys are a mess. They, they haven't been able to do shit right, you know, in a long time. So uh, it's crazy. The best they've looked all season was a loss to Texas A&M. Uh, to Texas A&M. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'd be shocked if I end up picking Miami again this season. Uh, Virginia's not a good team either. Uh, but I, you know, neither was Duke, neither was Mid Tennessee State. I don't think they covered against Virginia Tech either. So uh, I'm gonna go Virginia here. Yeah, I think literally every pick I've made in this game for UM has been the complete opposite all year long. Yep. So, uh, yep. I have to turn. Um, Alec, what about you, man? I think Virginia's a, t- a bad team too. So it's just like who. Who's worse? You know, it's good. That's how that's how it's gonna be every week. Yeah, who's, who's worse? worse but Miami. also like who you know who's who's bought in more? And obviously Miami. We were talking about the locker room. Uh, you know, maybe people already thinking about an exit. So like, you know that that it, it's gonna come to that down to that. But you know, looking at the schedule for the rest of the season, this is a pretty big game because you got FSU. You know, fortunately at home, and then you have. Clemson and Pittsburgh at the end of the year um, and then Georgia Tech in between that. So you, you really, you, you know, the the rivalry, the Florida State game, everyone knows it's a toss up, but you want to try to win these games against Virginia and Georgia Tech if you're going to make that bowl game. Um, man, I, I, I think that um, I'm going to pick the Canes to win. And uh, it may not be pretty and it may come down to the end, but they're going to squeeze out a nice win and kind of boost some confidence going in the next weekend. Um, you know, I, a couple, I think a, a week, a week ago or two weeks ago, we did final record predictions, Trent and I, uh, before <laughs> between the, uh, between our teams. And I, before they played Duke, um, I think what I said was five and seven. So that I knew I, I figured they'd lose the Duke and I figured that they would win Virginia and Georgia tech. And then these other games, who knows? So um, I'm sticking with that and I'm going to pick the Canes um, to win. Look, All I'm right. not saying UM can't win this game. It's certainly possible. They're talent wise. They're a better team than Virginia. They are, but you know, they don't give me any confidence for, for, for me to say that I'm going to, yeah, pick, I think you know, Georgia I no confidence in them winning this game. If Virginia still has Bronco Mendenhall, then they win this game. No questions. Oh <laughs> no, Bronco owns Miami. Oh my god, that's a separate story. But um, you know Tony Elliott, right? He's a coach now and uh, young guy. Um, you know, no nobody really talks about them. Um, I don't know. You know, they haven't always had a strong program. Talent wise, they're I don't know how well they're going to be able to match up. Uh, and the reason why Virginia won last year was 
obviously a point field goal and maybe coaching from Mendenhall. I don't think Elliot's going to outcoach Cristobal. So it just comes down to the players. Nice. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Um, before we go, one game I'm going to keep my eye on. I don't think it's going to be an upset, but they are coming off a huge win against Baylor last week and an offensive explosion. Uh, just keep an eye on the West Virginia TCU game. It is at home for West Virginia. They have a tendency to put up points sometimes. I do think TCU is going to win this game, but I do think it could be a little closer than people expect. Yep. Uh, with that said, any other games that you guys? I don't, well, on that game, I don't know, man. I've seen West Virginia a couple of times this year. I don't think they're. I, you know, that, it's another conversation about Baylor. I don't know Thank what you. the hell's going on there, but um, I don't know about West Virginia. Uh, yeah. I think this might be a sloppy game, in my opinion. Um, but uh, other games this week, yeah. No, oh, I got one for you. Wake and Louisville. Wake oh, is okay. only three and a half favorites. Seriously, shit. So I don't know why that it's it's at Louisville. I I don't know oh, if there's somebody hurt or something <laughs> for Wake Forest. That's kind of crazy because Wake. Forest oh, there's another one we didn't talk about: Notre Dame, Syracuse. Did we talk about that? Yeah, sure. No, that's good too. Uh, let's start with that one first. Uh, this game's at home for Syracuse. Uh, I just didn't want to talk about Notre Dame because they kind of suck this year, but uh, we could <laughs> talk about them. Um, it is at home, and quite frankly, after what I saw last week versus Clemson. I'm going to give Syracuse the benefit of the doubt here. They look like a real team, and this is a, just a yeah. rebuild year for Marcus Freeman. Uh, I think it'd be lucky to be finishing five, 500 this year. Uh, give me Syracuse. Yeah, I think Syracuse kind of solidified themselves as a legit team after the Clemson game. Um, another game, again, a game they could have won. They were just, just, you know, Clemson just has a little too much talent, a little better coached. Uh, Notre Dame, on the other hand, does have a talent. I don't know if I'd say better coached, but uh, I do like Syracuse here. It's a sneaky game because obviously we know that Notre Dame, you know, they, as you know, they haven't looked good, but they're capable. They're certainly capable of winning this game. Um, but I got to show some respect to Cuse after last week and what they've had, what they what they've done this season. So I'm gonna go Cuse. Yeah, Alec. Yeah, I, I like Cuse a lot. I'm, I'm picking Notre Dame here. Um, they, I think Notre Dame needs this game more than Syracuse does. And Syracuse, you know, the game of their year was last week. Um, and they, they, I'm sure, left it all on the field. So to come back and rebound, they're going against the Notre Dame team where in most people's minds, you know, they're writing off Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame wants to make a bowl game, they got to win this game because they're not going to beat Clemson. And then they're probably not going to beat USC at the end of the year. So they got to win um, one of these games um, out of their next two – they got to win three of these games out of their next uh, five. So I don't know. I just could see Syracuse, you know, they rode, they rode it all the way to the peak and maybe they'll take a little bit of a step back, but that's not to say they're not a good team um, by any means. Um, but I just think the Notre Dame also probably has a lot more talent and that's probably the reason why they ended up coming up short against Clemson is because they just got overpowered by these big dogs. Yeah. So I could see that happening. So it'll be close. I, I could call it an upset pick. Uh, it is. Um, but I, I, for some reason, my gut's telling me Notre Dame. All right. I mean, it's not a bad pick. Notre Dame's still Notre Dame. But I, I just uh, – it's a rebuild year, man. Marcus Freeman's guys doesn't come in until next year. Syracuse has been playing really good. So, uh, quite frankly, should have won that game against Clemson. But, uh, yeah. I think uh, so. It's two for us and then one for uh, Alec and as uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and just the last comment, Freeman's been there. So like, I, you know, 
that's a separate comment about is he going to be the guy in the next four years and we'll be able to talk about that in future podcasts but like you know he was able to inherit this team similar to like what Jimbo (laughs) did with FSU and uh I think that um I think that they should be doing better than they are and that's why they probably got a little bit more fire burning um under them for this game yeah all right uh, any other games that could catch your eye guys that could be close uh, I will say, um, I know Michigan has been playing great. I know it's in Michigan, but uh, for some reason, Michigan State always tends to have decent games against Michigan. I don't know if it's going to be close, but uh, it's something I'd keep my eye on as well. I don't think I mean, it'll be close at all. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I think Michigan's going to blow them out of the water. Michigan State's not good. Um, we got, Michigan looks so, Michigan uh, is a good football team and a very run-heavy team. will run the ball down your throat. No, uh, no fluky uh, no punt this year for a touchdown. I I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but look, that this this wake this wake spread being three and a half is pretty crazy. Yeah, um, that that is a, that is that's a not great Louisville team. I would um, take over on that all day. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm missing. I don't know if I'm missing something. If somebody hurt or or something like that. But I mean, a, a full strength Wake Forest team should should be able to win by more than three and a half against Louisville. Yeah. For all your betters out there, bet the over. Um, quickly going into next week, guys, uh, I think we can all say we're all excited to watch the Tennessee-Georgia game. Everything plays out the way it does this week. Uh, that could be probably the game of the year, right? Yeah, looking like it. I mean, it's going to be tough to top that Bama game, but um, that's – I mean, it's going to be – you know, it's going to have the most implications in terms of the yeah. CFP. Yeah, if you win um, that game, you're in. Actually. You're in. Yeah. Well, because even if you go on to lose to Alabama – because you were still undefeated. Like, let's say you win this game, regardless right. of the team, and right. then you win out, and then you lose to Bama, you're still in. I technically – I don't know. I, I think this is a must win know. for Georgia, to be honest with you, because I think there's a pathway for Alabama to get in. I, I also I, – I tend to agree that this is a must win for Georgia as well. Because I think no, I'm if saying, Georgia – Whoever wins this game, whoever – if Georgia wins and then they lose to Bama in the SEC, they're still going to be in the playoff. Well, so – uh, well, you don't. We don't know that because what if what you know? Georgia, Tennessee has one loss now. Georgia has one loss. There you go. All right, what's up, guys? Uh, week eight has come and gone. I'm joined by Alec and Trent once again. Gonna get right into it. What's up, guys? 